surrender my life to you today, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I don't understand everything, but Lord, I trust you today. Lord, I want to sit at your feet, Lord. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to know how much you love me today, Lord. Speak to my heart, Lord. Speak to my heart today. today come on let the lord know it can you let the lord just know how much you want him a part of your life and a part of what you are and where god is taking you today the lord is here today let the holy spirit lead and guide you today oh hallelujah 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 father we thank you today for your word we thank you for your presence today oh jesus we need you today hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving today? Just thankful for his presence, his word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And let the church shout amen. Aren't you glad to be in God's house today? Those of you that are joining us online, we're so glad that you're with us today. We pray that you feel God's presence wherever you might be. We know that he is everywhere at all times. Amen? And that he is with them, he is with us. And today is the day of salvation. I believe the word of the Lord is going to go forth today. I have a message from the Lord. I pray that you will receive it in Jesus' name. And let the church say amen. And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing. Thank you for honoring God in this house. Thank you, worship department. And most of all, thank you, Jesus, for showing up when we are here and being in your presence. Amen? Amen. We find in our text that Peter writes to us. It is here in 1 Peter 5 that we will read our text today. And that will come from verse 6 of 1 Peter chapter 5. Therefore, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. I'm reading in the King James Version at this time. That he may exalt you in due time. Everybody shout due time. Casting all your cares upon him for he cares 
for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering you are experiencing, your brotherhood, uh, are being experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, someone say grace, who called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, uh, perfect, established, and strengthened, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And someone shout amen. This morning as I woke from my sleep and as my wife and I were drinking coffee, she said to me, have you seen the New York Times today? I said, no, I, I haven't had time. I've been uh, in the Word a little bit here and I've been trying to, she said, you've got to, you've got to read this. You've got to understand. This week we have witnessed so much. In the last month we have witnessed more than most have seen in a lifetime. There is a war raging in Ukraine, and some of us might look at it as far off and unimportant and maybe not even consequential to us in our moment. This week, our president announced that there's going to be a food shortage and that it will somehow affect us, that I don't know about you, but I've got a mortgage, a house to buy a tank of gas. It's part of the end time. Someone shout end time. You see, there is a time that has come that is called the end of days. It is a time where God begins to collect and to perform and to do all of the prophetic words that were spoken by the prophets and by Jesus himself. It's in these moments that he says, don't look down uh, as you see the day of the Lord coming and appearing. Uh, don't look down. Don't look around. Uh, look up. Someone shout, look up. You see, the world in our own natural appearance, in our own natural flesh, we want to look down because we are worried, we're fretting, we're, we're concerned as we should be. The New York Times this morning stated that Israel, for the first time in history, invited Arab nations to come and to sit in the desert and to drink tea and to talk about the future of that valley. I'm here to tell you that the first time in history is no, it's no accident uh, that Israel is now coming and that the Arab nations are beginning to accept all that is going on and the beginning to accept the children of Israel and there's things going on that we cannot even begin to understand. But if you know the word of the Lord and in my concern as pastor, I am here to remind you if you don't know your Bible, you won't know what to look for when he comes back there's got to be a spirit of urgency that says I want to be ready when Jesus comes back again I'm just going to say it one more time I don't know about you but I want to be ready when Jesus comes back again this week 
This month, we have seen more transpire in this prophetic realm than we have seen in my lifetime. We have seen Gog and Magog. We have seen things happen uh, that God is in control. How many believe God uh, is in control? I'm not here to put fear in you. Uh, I'm here to put hope in you uh, that it is not done uh, until God says it's done uh, and that God holds all things uh, in his hands uh, and that you and I, oh, come on, somebody, we are children of God. We don't need to fear. We need to rejoice. We need to be like John when he prayed, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We find that this week, this week, it would seem in my mind, in my heart, from the last month, there was a culmination when I read that Israel, for the first time in its history since 1948, of its own accord and its own decision, invited the Arab nations to their land to talk about peace. This year, this day, this week. The Lord is trying to get the attention of the church. But we are living in a time of apostasy. Where wrong is right and right is wrong. We are living in an hour where we question the Word of God as it being the Word of God. Is it really the Word of God? Where I challenge those, if you're questioning that, I'd love to sit with you and talk to you about how God's Word got to us and how we know that it is from the Word and from the mouth of God. We look and see that here in our reading in our text, the Apostle Peter, at the close of his first letter, begins to admonish pastors pastors and teachers and preachers to watch over the flock of God. You see, you are not my sheep, you are his sheep. You are the sheep of the pasture of God. I am the under-shepherd. I am the one that he has set in this house, at this place, for this hour, for this moment. But God is talking to us through this letter and Peter is trying to admonish us that we must be diligent. That we can't do it puffed up. That we cannot do it in pride. That we got to do it in humility. That we got to be, by example, leading you to a place of, of safety and pasture in Christ. But then he says, likewise, younger people, submit yourselves to your elders and to God. We find that 1 Peter 5, we pick this story up in verse 6. He says to the young people, he says to those of you that are in this house, those of you that call yourself a child of God, those of you that are wanting or being into a relationship with God, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. It's interesting because he says, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You're not humbling yourselves to man's wisdom. You're not humbling yourselves to man's traditions. You're not humbling yourselves to man's things. You're not humbling yourselves to relics of the church or denominations or things. No, no. You're humbling yourself to the very hand of God. And he says here that, that when you do this and you're under that mighty hand, that he may lift you up. I'm reading now in the NIV that he may lift you up. That he may lift you up in due time. Someone shout due time. 
That word due time, it's interesting. Here the word humble and the word due time. The, those words are important. They're there for a reason. That word humble literally means to make low. Someone shout make low. You would think, well, how is he going to lift me up if I'm being made low? It doesn't make sense to the human mind that he says, I'm going to lift you up, but, I'm, but humble yourself. You've got to make yourself low. That's right, because I must dis decrease and he must increase in my life. I've got to go low so that he can draw me higher, uh, not into my own conscience or my own ideas or my own spirit of wisdom, uh, but rather submitting myself to the very hand of God. I must go low. I have got to submit my ideas and my stuff and what I think to the hand of God because when I submit myself, Pastor Ben, uh, God says I can trust you uh, more than just a little bit. Uh, I can trust you a whole lot uh, and therefore I'm going to begin to elevate you by my hand, uh, not by your hand uh, because your hand cannot elevate you into your own salvation. Uh, you need Jesus for your salvation. Uh, you've got to walk according to God's word, according to his hand. He's speaking to us today in this hour that there is a place and a time. Now, we might say, Pastor, I've been submitting to, 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 to God seemingly for all my life. I have, I thought, humbled myself before the Lord. And he said he may lift you up in due time. The problem with humans is that we love things on our own time. We love things on our own schedule. We prefer things when we think they ought to be done. I don't know about you, but I still get impatient at the McDonald's drive through when I'm getting my food in less than five minutes. I'm upset. I, I leave. I don't want to be there any longer because, my God, this is supposed to be the express lane. Uh, and if I can't get my food fast, then I don't want it at all. And some of us are saying, God, if I can't get what I want fast, uh, I'm going to reject everything. I'm going to leave the line. I'm going to leave God. I'm going to leave the church. Why? Because there is a place in our lives where we got to set with the fact that he is going to do what he promised to do in due time. In due time. In due time. In due time. I must decrease. He must increase. In due time. And when that happens, God elevates me in that due time. What is due time? Time to be determined. <laughs> due time is his time. It's not my time. Due time is when he decides, okay, it's time. Due time is me stepping beside and say, I'm going to wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he's going to strengthen my heart. He's going to give me peace in the storm. I don't know why I'm sick. I don't know why I'm suffering. I don't know why there's a spirit of confusion trying to hurt my heart and mess with my head but I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my might and lean not unto my own understanding but in all my ways I'm going to acknowledge him and he shall he shall in due time bring it to pass God has not forgot your prayer don't take a pause for no God is setting you up for a miracle God is putting you in a place where he he will be what you need him to what he need you need him to be in your life. 
You see, due time is not something that we like or enjoy, but it's an absolute principle in the Word of God. God's timing was never man's timing. Look at the scriptures from the prophets to the apostles. You will find them fighting this idea of their time versus God time. Jesus himself in the garden says, uh, let this cup pass from me. I don't want this right now. It's a bad time for me. Uh, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Here the word humble means to make low, but here the words uh, due time mean to a time to be determined, a time to be set aside, a time that will come, but you don't know the day nor the hour. But if we don't know the time, we will never know in due time. Well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, if you don't know what time it is in this hour, you'll never know in due time. You'll never trust that God is going to come in due time. You'll never. So what am I saying? I'm saying there must be an observation from your life and from your eyes and from your spirit man that, that says, I know the time in which I am living. Uh, I'm not living in a time of carefree, whatever, whatever. I'm living in the last days. I'm living in the last hours. I'm living before the Lord in his presence. I'm living here on this earth. But what time? What time is it really in your life? You see, the time of my life is different from the time of, of Brother Carl's life. The time of my life is different from yours and yours from mine. So do you know the time that you're in with God? Do you know your time? Because if you don't know your time, you'll never believe God will come in due time. There is a place where you have to settle into the fact that I don't know everything, but I trust God with all my might, and I'm going to lean not to my own understanding. Do you know what time it is in your life? I'm going to ask a few questions here, and I pray that you will indulge me to answer them quietly in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. Do you know what time it is? Do you know the hour that you're in right now? I, I, I often in life find myself so busy that maybe you can say amen to this, but that I don't realize what time it is. Especially in the wintertime when it gets dark at 3 o'clock, you, you look around and you're like, man, oh, it's midnight, I'm going to bed, it's 6.30. You don't know what time it is. Have you ever thought that Tuesday was Wednesday? Have you ever thought that Friday was really Tuesday? <laughs> Have you ever thought about, oh, oh, oh my goodness, what time is it? I got to get to the doctor. I'm missing the appointment. Have you ever missed an appointment because you weren't aware of the time? Have you ever been in a place where your lack of knowing the time hurt you? harmed your ability to get help or hope or have you ever been in a place where time mattered but you didn't realize you didn't have a watch on your wrist you didn't have the phone in your hand there, there was something missing you couldn't find a clock you could not find a guidepost in order to assess where you were at when you were at and what time it really was the spirit of the lord is here and he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. There is a moment here where you need to check your spiritual watch. You need to check what time it is for your life. I know what time it is based upon the Scripture. 
I know I can say with an assurity, we're living in the last days. But Pastor, they've been saying that we're in the last days for as long as I can remember. Can I tell you something? Those people that said it back then, they're gone on to be with the Lord. Am I right? And guess what? The last day came for them. You see, we try to put on ourselves this, this moment of, of capsulation where we define the last days. God is speaking to the church. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to me about the fact that there is more things happening in this hour that has ever happened in the hours before. There is a hour of technology that has come that has allowed us to see how we could be under a one world government and a one monetary system. There is a cry right now from the European Union, from all that is going on, for somebody to bring peace. We are being set up. We are seeing before us the very things that the Bible has spoke about, that in the last days these things shall happen, wars and rumors of wars. There is more weather di uh, dis disruption than ever in the history of man. There is more disruption of a volcano and tsunami. It seems like every other week I'm turning on the TV to find out there's another tsunami somewhere. There's another volcano somewhere. There's more flooding somewhere. There's more destruction somewhere. Something is happening because you see the earth is groaning uh, for its maker. There is a place in my life that I have to take a notice. I have to woke I have to be woke up to the fact that there is a time, but what time is it? What time is it for your life? Have you missed the appointment that God has for you? Have you forgot to check in on your salvation? Have you forgot to walk according to the word of God? Do you know what time it really is. Are you ignoring the time because, well, if you don't know, then everything must be okay. Have you ever just decided not to look at the clock? Come on now, say amen. Have you ever decided to ignore whatever it said? I'm staying here. I don't care in my pajamas. I don't care what the clock says. Have you ever said that while you laid in bed on a Saturday morning and said, I'm not going to look at the clock because I don't want to know what time it is because I'm going to sleep on anyway. There has to be those moments where we realize there's a time for all things, Solomon wrote. There's a time to lay in bed and don't care about whatever's going on. But there's a time to get out of bed. I'm paraphrasing here, but you understand what I'm saying. There's a time to get up and say, I have got to understand the time in which I am living. Solomon did write in that Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, he said, to everything there is a season. Someone shout season. I have told you that we as a church are in a new season, that we are in a season that is different than those that have come before us. That we are in a season where God is trying to get a hold of our minds and let us wake up to the time that we are living. I hope today you will hear me. Solomon said to everything, someone shout everything. There is a time, there is a season. The seasons come and go. We know we experience that quite uh, starkly here in Michigan. 
we thought that spring was here until you woke up this morning and saw frost uh, back on the lawn. Uh, but I guess in a couple days, I promise you, it'll be back to 65, 70 degrees, and we'll be back to spring. But you see, if you're not aware of Michigan, if you came here from somewhere else and you did not know what was going on, you would think you were still at the edge of winter. But we know the time. And I'm asking you, do you know the time? Do you know the time that God has set for you? Do you know the time that God is trying to, to invite you to? Paul in Ephesians 5 and 15 through verse 17 says this, See then that you walk circumspectly. See then that you walk not as a fool, but as what? Wise. How are you wise? Redeeming the time. That word redeeming means to, to honor. It means to, to make special, to, to pull it out from amongst all the other stuff, to make it very noted. And, and God is telling this here in the voice of Paul in Ephesians. It's not time for us to be fools and act like fools and act like everything is just whatever. But God is saying, I want you to be wise. I want you to redeem the time. Because why? The days are evil. Can I get an amen that the days that we're living in are evil? I said, can I get an amen that you look and you see and observe that this is not a godly thing that's going on in our world? The days are evil. So when I see and observe that the days are evil, I need to be more precious. I need to redeem. I need to make sure I'm using my time like God would choose. It's not time for me to, to just let time go. You know, time is the only thing you actually own. You don't own your house. <laughs> a, a tornado will take that out. <laughs> oh, well, but no, you don't understand. Uh, floods, you know, they're, they're, they're things. We don't, the only thing that we have that we can possess absolutely is time. You see, the way I spend my time dictates where I'm going. The way I spend my time dictates what I trust in, what I believe in, what I think, what I do what I give to, what I volunteer for. My time is my most precious commodity. I'm going to ask again, do you know what your time is? Do you know what time that you're living? Because the days, they are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what is the will of the Lord is. We see that we are instructed by... <laughs> By Solomon that there to everything there's a time and a season we see that Paul tells us that we must when we see evil when we see the times that we're living in we've got to be careful with our time we got to redeem that time and make sure we're using it all of our decisions should be done through our view of time you see where I'm at you see if, if I'm standing in line at, at Cedar Point or Disney World for a ride my time is much different than if I'm standing uh, and serving somebody out of a homeless shelter my time as I view it I'm not suggesting we shouldn't go have a good time I'm not suggesting you should always be I'm suggesting the fact that the things that you think about and do in your homeless shelter service is very different than the things you think about or do when you're in line at Disney World Am I making sense today? Because if we're not careful, we'll be in line at Disney World making life decisions because we don't understand the time 
that we're living. We don't understand the time that is going on in our world. We don't understand the effect of this time on others. We can see that Jesus in Luke 12 and 46 says this, And he said also said unto the multitude, Whenever you see a cloud rising, hear me today, out of the west, you immediately you say, a shower is coming. It's going to rain. Have you ever woke up and said, man, those are snow clouds? Have you ever woke up and said, man, it's going to rain today? Because you observe the time. We see that he goes on and says, uh, and you say, a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there, it's going to be a hot weather. And, and there it is. There is hot weather. There's a hot day that comes because you observe. And then Jesus says these words with an emphasis. I want you to notice uh, the, 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 the pronunciation here, it being uh, something that is absolute hypocrites. Hypocrites. Why? Man, that's strong words. Hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky and the, of the earth, but how? How is it that you do not discern this time? I, I, I struggled with, with delivering this message today because I recognize very clearly that we are in an hour where the distractions are so massive that we miss the time. That so many things and voices are happening in our lives that we can observe certain things like the weather and we can observe the economic status. We can observe our food supply. But somehow we miss that this thing is all spiritual and that we don't know what time it really is. Someone shout amen. Are you still with me? I'm going to preach anyway. You can discern the face of the sky. How is it that you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but you cannot discern this time? Paul says that we should know the time. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1, he says, But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Paul is simply telling those in Thessalonians, he's saying, listen, you should already know this. You should know the time in which we are. And he says, you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. There is a moment as this pastor preaches today to tell you that there has got to be a recognition of the times that we're living I know that this may not be what you thought you were coming to hear today. Maybe, uh, I don't know. But I pray that you come here wanting to hear from the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is going forth and saying that there is a moment here today that you are being confronted. I am being confronted with the fact is, am I living like I know what time it is? You see, my alarm went off at 5.30 this morning, and I, I, I reached over and touched my. I said, I, I'm going to sleep till the snooze. <laughs> I wanted to sleep an extra 15 minutes, but as I laid there and thought about that 15 minutes, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get up because I'm not going to be able to accomplish anything in those 15 minutes. I'm not going back to sleep. I might as well get up, and I got up anyway and did. Why? Because I understood that I needed the time. The time was important. I needed my prayer time. I needed my time with the Lord this morning. I needed some time to gather my head, my thoughts, my feelings, my, all that God is speaking to me, to let the anointing flow fresh through me. I didn't want to get up at 1035 and show up here at church and 
hoped that everything went well. No, I prepared my heart and God is asking us as a church body, are you preparing your spirit and your heart for the times in which we are living? Folks, I'm here to preach and teach that there are days ahead of us that will be difficult and hard. But you need to understand this, that God knew it was coming before it showed up. And that if you will trust in the Lord with all thy might and lean not to thine own understanding, but in all your ways, come on, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He's going to be there for you. He's going to walk beside you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to give to you. He's going to do what he's promised to do. Someone shout amen. Someone shout amen. Jesus is coming again. I said Jesus is coming again. And the fulfillment of all the prophecies concerning the last days lets us know that there will be evil. There will be deception. There will be confusion. And there will be great anxiety. And I'm here to tell you that Peter says in verse 7, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. God is a God that says, I know what you're going to go through. I know what you're going to face. But don't get anxious about it. Come on, cast all your cares on me. And I'm going to care for you. And then he says in verse 8, be self-controlled and alert. It's not time to sleep. Uh, come on now. It's not time for fun and games. Uh, it's time to understand uh, the time in which we are living. Uh, he says, your enemy, the devil. Can I tell you something? I hope I'm informing somebody today that the enemy is the devil, <laughs> that you need to understand who your enemy is, that the enemy of your soul is not to be cuddled up to and, and played with. And No, no, it's like a snake that will take your life. You need to understand he prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking for someone to devour. The lions that roar are not the lions that I'm worried about. It's the lions that you're allowing to eat your spirit. The roaring lion, listen, you don't see him saying get your sword out get your shield out get go out and kill that and that's not what the book says it says resist him come on now stand firm in the faith it's not time to leave the faith it's time to stand firm. you want to defeat the enemy of your soul the devil it's not time to run from his roar it's time to say no I'm going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord I'm going to stand in my faith. I'm going to stand in the Word of God. I'm going to stand upon the rock which is Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. He's looking for you to run instead of resist. Mm. Stand firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. I got news for you Pineview. We're not alone in our sufferings. We're not alone in our crisis. Our world is a crazy place. And our brothers and sisters in Christ around this world, in Ukraine this morning, in India this morning, in China this morning, there are those that are serving Christ that are suffering way more than we ever thought about suffering. But I'm here to tell you, God is here right now to tell you that he knows what time it is in your life. You have got to discover his will. It's not time to go about and do whatever you think. My question to those, uh, to you today, is if you don't know the time, how then can you know the will of God? 
And if you know the will of God, have you heard the will of God from God? Are you doing things because others are doing them? Are you doing them because God spoke to you? I would suggest that we should stand firm. No wonder Paul told us to put on the whole armor of God. When we've done all to stand, to stand therefore. Jesus, someone shout, Jesus will fight our battles. And the God of all grace, verse 10 says, and the God of all, how many are glad for the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, amen? And the God of all grace, and the God of all grace who called you, how many are glad you're called according to God's purpose today? To his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered, oh, we don't like this verse, a little while. <laughs> after, but I don't want to suffer. Well, you're not human then. <laughs> you're not a part of what God has planned. But pastor, why do I have to suffer? I, I don't have the answer in totality. I do know that Paul was told uh, your grace is sufficient, that God's grace is sufficient, that he knows where we're at, that he knows that we have this suffering but he says it's not forever. Someone shout hallelujah. But it's for a moment. It's for a little while. And will himself, someone shout restore. I'm so thankful that God's promise is not he won't leave me in my mess, that he's going to restore unto me the joy of my salvation. The God of all grace has called you. You may suffer for a little while, but he will restore you and make you what? Strong firm and steadfast. And then verse 11 says this, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Understanding the times, we must never forget that God has all the power. He has the power to redeem us. He has the power to forgive us. He has the power to show us what time it is. He has the power uh, to let us have the grace that we need to keep going. Uh, he has the power to restore unto us that which the canker worm and the things of this life have destroyed. He has the power to make you strong. He has the power to help you stand when everybody else is bowing. He has the power to help you be steadfast in a world that's going crazy. Someone shout in due time. In due time. I close with this passage. Romans 5 and 6. For when we were still without strength. In due time. <laughs> Christ died for the ungodly. I don't know about you, but I, I'm a sinner who needs Jesus Christ. And he says here. When I don't have the strength, I don't even know, I don't know if I can make another step. I don't know if I can keep going. That he died for me in due time, right at the right time, in the appointed time. His grace will come flood me. His mercy will show up. And I can claim and know that Jesus Christ is my King, Lord, and Savior. I don't know who's here today that needs to hear this, whether you're online or here in the room, but I'm here to tell you that God has not forgot your prayers. 
your trials and your tribulations, the things that you are walking through and going through. God has not forgot your name. He has not forgot where you're at. He knows the time because he was the creator of time and he knows all things and he knows exactly where you're at. What he wants to do is reveal to you that it's time. Today is the day of salvation. It's time because the things that are happening, the sky is turning dark. It's time for us to reserve a place with him and know that he has called me but he didn't just call me he is able to keep me in all the things that are going on that fear will not rule me that faith is what I will walk in that I will not be perfect because I'm a sinner and I need Jesus but I will walk in his mercy I will walk in his grace I will walk in the forgiveness of sins that he purchased for me on Calvary on that old rugged cross I know that you are here today for a reason, a purpose. God has set this aside for this moment. The time is now for you and God to have a fresh conversation. The time is now for you to surrender and submit and humble your life afresh and new to the will of God. The will of God is not our will, our feelings, our stuff. It is the will of God. It is the will that comes from heavenly rooms. It's the will of God that comes from the throne room of God. It's a place where we can be secure in his promises. If you believe that, shout amen. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving today. Ah, yeah. Come on, stand with me today, if you will. I'm so glad that you were here today. Amen. My soul, oh yeah, my soul. My soul sings. Oh yeah, my soul sings. My soul. every head bowed and every eye closed, if you would like to participate, I know that the Lord is touching and talking to somebody. If the Holy Spirit has pricked your heart, if you're feeling God say to you, I need you to be what I've called you to be. I need you to be aware of the time. Please don't stick your head in the sand about the time that we're living we're living in the last days don't act like it's not happening because it is happening today don't serve God out of fear though. serve him out of faith out of love if you're online today I want to encourage you that God has a purpose for your life and he loves you and he wants to be your God and your Savior but you need to wake up to the time you can see the clouds and know it's going to rain. But God is saying, can you see in the spirit realm? Because I know that Jesus Christ is coming back again. I'm asking today, will you respond to the presence of God? You can respond right in your chair, right where you're at. If you're a guest here, I would love to pray with you. If you're a person, a regular attender, I'd love to pray with you. If you want to walk to this altar and offer a fresh and new God's spirit in your life, I would love that. Jesus Christ wants to be your king and your savior. Come and find 
repentance. You'll find remission of sins. We'll talk to you about your journey of salvation. But today, God is saying, wake up. Wake up. Do you know what time it is? Do you know that Jesus is coming soon? Are you aware? Are you living like God is coming? Today, either in your seat or coming, I'd love to be right here. I'm going to pray with you. I'll be wearing a mask so that you feel comfortable as I minister to you. But today, I'm, at, I'm inviting you, if you need prayer today, if you would like to take a walk with Jesus, if you'd like to start afresh and new, if you'd like to say, Lord, I, I want to wake up to the time that we're living. I want to wake up to the time that you have for me.